You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Hello, friends, and welcome. We're so excited to have you here with us as we do church together online. Wherever you're at, if you're at home, on your couch, if you're sitting at the table, if you're driving to your car, listening to this podcast, wherever you are, we just want to say welcome and say thank you for tuning in. want to remind you to go ahead and share this live stream with people so they can jump in and to comment, let us know what you're thinking, that you're watching, where you're watching from. We just want to celebrate that and we're thankful that you are here with us this morning. We're continuing a series called Elements and we're talking specifically about the fruits of the Spirit. And while we've been talking about this, we've pretty much been online. We've been at the park a few times, but things have just changed a whole lot. In the last couple of months, our world looks different. It looks a lot different than it did, say, in January, or especially this time last year. And we find ourselves maybe a little bit like me, you understand, where you're, you're longing for things to go back to some kind of normal. And things just look so different. Sports even look different. School looks different. Everything's kind of different at this point, and, and really just super disappointed if you're a Penguins fan. You just knew that the Pens blew it. Uh, those games were so hard to watch, and now they're out. Out of the playoffs and so hockey season is pretty much over for all of us here in Pittsburgh but even beyond that do you remember back to the NFL draft where they weren't able to do it in person they actually had to do it all online and everyone was sitting in their houses and kind of makes you feel a little better like hey if they're doing the draft online we can do church online but do you remember them sitting there and their whole family was around them waiting for their name to be called and they and they celebrated that and it's such a, a big deal and, and all the reward for the work that they put into becoming an athlete and getting their game up to that professional level and the culmination of all that excitement and anticipation and waiting and their name is called and, and perhaps they get that big contract. And I I don't know if you've noticed this before, but so many times when these rookies get their initial contract and they get that big deal and they see that money hit the bank, so many times they do something pretty amazing. People will ask them, well, what are you going to do? What's the first thing you do? You just got all of this money. And a lot of them don't come from families who are wealthy. So this is the first time of their real taste of having this kind of wealth, this kind of money. I don't know if you've caught this before, but so many of them will do something. They will buy their mother a car or they'll buy her a house. I was even actually just watching this. I was watching a video online of athletes surprising their parents with cars and houses. Can you imagine being able to do that? That would be pretty awesome to be able to be like, hey, surprise mom, got you a Ferrari. I mean, it's, that's kind of a pretty big gift, but that just really struck me that it was awesome that with the first thing that they wanted to do with all that money that they got, they wanted to do something for their mom. And they could have done things for a lot of people who were in their lives. I mean, you think about it, someone who got them to that level, a coach, a co-player, who another athlete who maybe spurred them on or helped them in that journey, or, or maybe even their agent who got them to that point, who whatever it is, there was a lot of people with a lot of talent that got them to where they were in life to be able to get that big deal. But that's not who they got the big gift for. They got it for their mom. And I really think that's because moms are faithful. 
Moms are faithful. See, those other people were there. They were good and they did great things in their life. But there's just something about a mother. There's something about a father that when you have someone consistent in your life through the good times and through the bad. See, mom is there whether you got the deal or not. Mom is there whether you got the contract signed or not, right? She was there for all the practices. She was there for all the games. She was there for all the sprained ankles and broken bones and everything else going on, the disappointments. Mom was there. Mom was faithful. And so he wanted to do something. These athletes want to do something special for their mom because why? Mom is the epitome of faithfulness in their life. It's pretty amazing what faithfulness can do. Faithfulness is consistent. Faithfulness is steady. See, it wasn't about talent. It wasn't about the people who had the most skill or could get them there in their life. It was about someone who was faithful. And see, as we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit, where our text has been Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, these are the fruits of the Spirit that are developed in our life. That when we say yes to relationship with Jesus and we come alongside of Him and we begin to live out the example that God has for us, when we begin to stay connected to Jesus, He begins to develop these fruits in us. And so it's really important that we sit back and understand it. It's easy to blow through a summer series like this and be like, ah, it's filler, it's fluff, but it's not. These are really important and foundational that if you are following after Jesus, if you are serious about having a relationship with him, you've got to be serious about cultivating this fruit in your life. And today, as you probably figured out, we're talking about faithfulness. We're talking about being faithful, the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness, which sometimes flies under the radar. It's not quite as glamorous as some of the other fruit. It doesn't quite get the, you know, the namesake. It's not quite as sexy as some of the other fruit in love and some of the other ones that are kind of a, a big deal that we're like, oh, that, that fruit's kind of special. This, this is kind of the fruit that kind of sits back in the basket a little bit. It's not the, always the first one to get picked from the bunch, but there's something amazing about faithfulness. So as you begin to look at faithfulness and unpack it, the, the Greek word from where faithfulness came from the Bible, it just literally translates to mean trustworthiness. It means reliable. See, when someone is faithful, they're trustworthy, they're reliable, they're there for you through the good times and through the bad times. And another definition that I've heard for faithfulness, which may even be a little easier to understand and grasp, is simply this. Faithfulness is love that hangs on. Don't you love that? Faithfulness is love that hangs on. That you can't shake it. It's not going to go. It's not going to leave. It's not temperamental. That is faithfulness. It's love that sticks with you. It stays the course. It stays consistent. It stays trustworthy. That is what faithfulness is. It's love that doesn't quit. It keeps going. It's a friend that sticks through you, sticks by you through a difficult time, through a trying moment. It's a, a parent who chooses to love you even though that you're pushing back and kind of not too lovable in the moment. It's a, it's a grandmother who continues to pray for you and continue to believe the best for you and, and really just wants the best and believes God has a plan for your life and just per- continues to pursue you and push you towards Jesus. This is what faithfulness looks like. It's relentless. It's to keep doing something over and over and over and over. 
So he doesn't seem like much. It's almost like the tortoise and the hare, the tortoise who shows up at the beginning of the race to race the rabbit and seems like, huh, well, nothing's going to really happen here. Not much is going to happen, but something amazing happens when he sticks through the race and just runs it slow and steady and finishes that line. This is faithfulness. It's just doing it steady, continually, over and over again. We see God be faithful. Matter of fact, the scripture is full of references. There are songs about God's faithfulness. This is an incredible attribute of who God is and a fruit that he wants us to develop in our lives that he has demonstrated himself for us. Let's take a look at some of the scripture that talks about God's faithfulness. All the way back in Leviticus 3.22, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Don't you love that? Do you love that imagery? That his mercy never comes to an end. Every single morning, it's like that reset button, that faithfulness. It's relentless. It's new every morning. Joshua 23 says it this way, you know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises that the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. That God continues to be faithful through the promises that he's made. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. That we can hold unswervingly, which is just a really cool word to say, unswervingly. I mean, you say it with me. Your kid just learned a new word. See, we're helping you out with that school at home thing. But we can, we can hold on to it. Why? Because God is faithful. That he promised he's going to come through. He's not going to disappoint. He's not going to back out. He's going to remain faithful and consistent. And then finally, 1 John 1.19 says, If we confess our sins, that if we say we've messed up, we've made a mistake, God, we went against your will and plan for our best, your best for our lives, if we are willing to confess and say that and own it, that we messed up, it says what? He is faithful. He is just to forgive. That God's not going to withhold that forgiveness, that he's going to give it. Why? If we confess our sins, if we say our sorry, if we repent for those, because he is faithful. Friends, we serve a faithful God. This is who he is. This is the attribute. This is who he is. He is faithful to us, even if we don't deserve it. And matter of fact, we definitely can't earn his love and his grace and his forgiveness. It's because he is faithful. He is relentless in the pursuit of us. Now, as we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, we talk about cultivating this in our own lives. Something that we've got to start with this premise and understand this is that we can't produce faithfulness. That we can't just do this. And this is about so many of the fruits of the Spirit that we can't just man up or woman up or just push through it or or just be like, you know, it's just about choosing and doing the right things. And if I just try hard enough and I think good enough things and I'm just faithful enough, I'm going to produce this faithfulness in my own. See, apart from God, we cannot develop the fruits of the Spirit. We cannot just develop this faithfulness. See, we have to know that God first is faithful and that He will bring faithfulness through us as we remain connected to him. 
Matter of fact, you can't manufacture an apple. An apple can only come from an apple tree. And an apple tree that is healthy is going to produce fruit. It's going to produce an apple. And see, the same thing is true about God, that God is going to produce that fruit. He's going to produce the faithfulness, but we've got to stay connected to Him because we can't manufacture it. It's like we can't just poof, make an apple. We can't poof, make faithfulness. God is going to make it. He's going to make it through us as we stay connected to Jesus. And this is where this faithfulness is going to come from. There's a story, I think, that illustrates a little bit about faithfulness and someone who was actually pretty faithful in the Bible and honestly, someone who kind of gets a bad rap and someone we poke a little bit of fun in the New Testament. And I'm talking about a guy named Peter. Now, Peter is someone who was very close to Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus picked him to be one of his disciples. Jesus picked 12 guys who he wanted to come live up close to him. People he was going to teach about God, teach about the kingdom of God. They had a front row seat to all these amazing miracles and signs and wonders and the teachings that Jesus did. And it was just an amazing thing. I can't imagine getting to live up close and Jesus picking you to be a part of that. And Peter was one of those people that Jesus picked. But we're going to take a look at this little story about Peter. And Peter kind of gets in trouble from time to time. Peter kind of makes Jesus upset now and again. And Peter doesn't always do the right thing or doesn't always say the right thing. So here we take a look in Matthew 16, starting in verse 21. This is what happens. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. Now, if you ever think you're having a bad day, just be thankful that Jesus has not called you Satan. Peter got to live up close to Jesus, and he be, he's trying to be a friend to him. He's trying to say the right thing. He's like, hey, no, 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 that's not the plan. That's not what's going on here. And in verse 24, Jesus tells us to the whole group of disciples, he says, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Man, Jesus just lays it out here, doesn't he? That if we're going to follow after him, it's not about what we want, but we've got to lay down our rights and pick up our cross and follow after him and do the things that are maybe a little bit challenging. And that's the first observation I had as I began to read this passage and unpack this, unpack this is that faithfulness, it's not always easy. Faithfulness is not always about the comfortable and those loving, caring moments. Sometimes faithfulness looks a whole lot like hard work. Faithfulness isn't always the easiest thing to do. See, faithfulness is sometimes about choosing long-term good over short-term happiness. Did you catch it? Faithfulness is sometimes choosing the long road, the long-term good over the short-term happiness. And we see this exact thing, and, and Peter's just trying to be a good friend. I mean, you can imagine that the closeness, the love that they had for Jesus, the disciples who've lived up close to him, and, and for Jesus to say that, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be punished, I'm going to be beaten, I'm going to be abused, and I'm finally going to be put to this brutal death. And Peter jumps up and says, ha, that's not going to happen. We're not going to let that happen. That's no way going to happen to you, Jesus. He's just trying to be a good friend. 
And Jesus tells him, you're just, you're, you're not thinking the right, you're just thinking about yourself. You're not thinking about the things that God wants. He's choosing the hard road. See, Jesus went to the cross. Think about this. Jesus went to the cross knowing that he was about to be beaten. He was going to go through physical agony, to be tormented, to be whipped, to be humiliated, to be put on a cross and die a brutal death. He knew that's what he had coming. That He knew that was the plan that God had for him and he was going to choose to be faithful. And beyond that, here's what really blows my mind, is that Jesus knew that there were going to be people who still did not believe in him, who still did not accept him, who would still misunderstand the mission that he was on, that he was trying to do and accomplish for his father. See, Jesus chose to be faithful. He chose to take the hard road. He knew that people were going to reject him, and he was faithful anyway. See, God doesn't say to us to be faithful to the people who are faithful to us. Jesus chose to be faithful to people who would be completely faithless. He leads us by example. See, friends, it doesn't depend on who the recipient is of the faithfulness. God just tells us that we are supposed to be faithful, even when it costs us something, even when it's the hard road, even when it's not the easy thing. See, this is what faithfulness really comes down to. Anyone can be faithful when everything's going all right. Anyone can be faithful in a marriage or as a parent or a job or in your faith to Jesus. Anyone can be faithful in the moment when every Everything's going right when the seas are calm, when there's no storm, when there's no adversity, when there's no challenge. That's not the test of faithfulness. The test of faithfulness is when things get really difficult, when your back's against the wall with everything inside of you wants to quit. Oh, a favorite movie of mine, and it's kind of an old one. I don't know if you've seen it before. It's called Freedom Writers. Now, this is Freedom Writers, like with a pen, not like riding a horse. Like Freedom Writers, like we're writing things down. And you may have seen it. It's, it's a pretty great movie. It's about a teacher named Aaron Gruel um, who begins to teach in a very difficult school district in, in Long Beach, California. And it's in the mid-90s, and uh, there's a lot of gang violence at that time in the community. A lot of disadvantaged kids from very broken homes, some of them homeless, very difficult life circumstances and situations. And, and quite honestly... Uh, most of these kids, especially by the time they hit high school, are completely written off. Um, people don't believe in them. People believe the worst in them. Um, and so she shows up, this optimistic teacher, and, and she's going to teach them, and, and they're going to have these great moments, and she's just thinking the best, and it is horrible. I mean, she is just challenged every which way. These kids are no, have no interest in listening to her or learning from her. And everything in her is probably saying quit. Matter of fact, everyone around her was telling her to quit. The students were like, you might as well get out of here. No one's going to help us. No one's going to help us change. The faculty members at the school themselves had become so bitter and jaded that they pretty much told her, you might as well quit. Matter of fact, her own boyfriend encouraged her, you should just get out of here. This is, this is a hopeless situation, but she does something amazing. She does something unimaginable. When everything around her, when everything inside of her was telling her to quit, she chose to remain 
faithful. She chose to remain a constant in her life, not because it was easy, not because it was the glamorous thing to do, because it was the right thing to do in that moment. She chose to be faithful and show up. And if you've seen the movie, some amazing things happen and she has some amazing breakthroughs and it doesn't come easy and it doesn't come quick. It's a long road. It's because she stays faithful. And honestly, I truly believe because it's the first time in some of these teenagers' lives that they had anybody who was faithful in their life. Anyone who decided they were going to keep showing up, even if they acted like a complete and total piece of garbage, this teacher was going to show up in their life and choose to be consistent, choose to be relentless, and to be faithful. See, I really heard it this way. An author put it this way. Faithfulness lives where love is stronger than instinct. See, your instinct and many of our instincts is, is just about ourselves. We're, we're self-serving. It's like, get out of there. When things get uncomfortable, when they get difficult, when it becomes challenging, it's just how can I get out of this situation? But God's instinct is love. See, it flies in the face of our culture, and that's so much with all of these fruits of the Spirit, that when you begin to live the way God asks us to live, and you begin to, emulate, you begin to emulate these fruits of the Spirit, and you begin to show these and develop these in your life, it'll look so countercultural, it'll look so different than everything around us. And friends, more than ever before in our lifetime, we need some people who are going to follow after God and display the fruits of the Spirit. We need some people who are going to choose to be faithful. We see this in this passage when we read about Peter. And he could just, you can see Jesus even says it to him. He says, you're a stumbling block to me. For you are not setting your minds on, on God's interest, but man's interest. He's basically saying you're not about God's instinct. You're simply about your own self-serving instinct. And see, Peter really gets a bad rap, doesn't he? And he's someone that, you know, they say, you know, Peter had foot and mouth disease. What does that mean? He was always putting his foot in his mouth because he was always saying the wrong thing. It almost became like a running tagline. I'm sure the other disciples were like, oh, here comes Peter again. It's like, what's Peter going to do today? You know, it's like, just wait for the moment. You know, where's Peter going to mess up? Who is he going to mess up this time? How's he going to drop the ball here? How's he going to make Jesus mad? You know, it was almost like that moment, like a reality show. where They're just waiting for Peter to do the wrong thing. And we like kind of give him a bad rap about it. But as many times as Peter messed up, as many times as he said the wrong thing, as many times as he did the wrong thing and frustrated Jesus and Jesus had to correct him out of love, one thing that we can say is true about Peter is that he was faithful and that Jesus chose him, I believe, because of his faithfulness. Think about it. Jesus could have chosen another religious leader of the time, a Pharisee or, or someone else who really knew a lot about God's word, who knew about God's kingdom and following after him. He, he could have picked someone who had all the talents and the good, but that's not who Jesus picked. Jesus picked someone who was going to be faithful. And see, he had to have been faithful to be around to make all the wrong choices, but he continued to stay faithful and he continued to show up. He continued to be there. Maybe you've heard the quote before Woody Allen said, he says, 80% of success is simply showing up. And Peter did this. He just had to be in the game. He showed up and here's what we got to catch. It's because Peter was faithful and Peter kept showing up. Jesus was able to continue to show up in his life. Catch this? Even though Peter didn't always have the right actions, 
Even though he very often said the very wrong thing, his temper got the best of him. He would really, his heart mostly was in the right place and he was trying to do the right thing for his friend Jesus, but he wasn't really doing the right thing according to what God's plan was for him. Because he was faithful and that he constantly showed up, Jesus was able to show up in his life. Friends, I don't know if you identify with it, but I feel that at a deep level. That it feels like, I don't know if I can do the right thing, if I can say the right thing. I don't know if I know enough God's word. I don't know if I can say a prayer eloquently. I don't know if I can be a good Christ follower and do these things and have these fruits of the Spirit. It seems like I'm always messing up. I'm always saying the wrong thing. It's, I know the things I want to do and the things that are in my heart, but it just never seems to come out of my mouth and my actions fall all the time. But maybe if we can just get a little bit of this fruit of the Spirit and be a little bit like Peter, that we can be faithful and get close to Jesus so that Jesus can be close to us. And this is what began to change Peter's life. See, Jesus had a consistent presence in Peter's life, but it didn't stop with just his presence. He was also a prophet. He was also a prophetic voice to Peter. See, Peter's name used to be Simon, but he changed to Peter, meaning the rock, saying he was someone who's going to be steadfast, someone who's going to be a firm foundation. As a matter of fact, he didn't stop there. He was constantly speaking into Peter's life and who he was and who God saw him as. He was that prophetic voice speaking on the behalf of God saying, you know what, I know you're a mess up. I know you're a screw up. I know that your passion and your, your, your heart's in the right place, but your actions are, are so wrong. And so I'm going to continue to speak what God thinks about you. I'm going to continue to say God's plan and will for your life. And we need to get close to Jesus so that he can do the same for us. But friends, faithfulness doesn't stop there. That the people that we have in our life, it's not just about showing up. If you're just faithful to your job and you show up, it doesn't mean you're doing a good job. You actually have to work and do a good job. You can be in your child's life. You can be a parent and be there and be a present and not be a good parent. See, it's not just simply about presence and being there and showing up. It's about consistently doing something good. And we need to do some things like Jesus, not just be a presence, but we need to be a prophetic voice to some people in our lives. Friends, are we speaking the best in God's will and plan for our spouses? Are we always tearing them down? Are we speaking life? Are we speaking God's heart and will for them? Are we speaking life and saying other things over our children when they're going through a difficult time, when they're going through a rebellious streak, they're going through a, a difficult situation? Are we just always down on them? Or are we having that prophetic voice and speaking life? Are we speaking those promises of God over them? Are we doing that for our, our friends and our family members, our coworkers, the people who are close to us in our life, that we're not just being consistent in showing up, but we're consistent in doing good. We're consistent in being that prophetic voice. Friends, as we get close to wrapping up today, I know things look really different because of COVID-19. Things look a lot different even than they did from the beginning of the year to now, and especially a year ago till today. Our jobs look different. We're working from home. Some of you may even be out of work or having to go through very rigorous challenges and routines to be able to do your job. Education has completely changed. You know, will our kids go to school? Will it be online? Will it be a hybrid? There's so much uncertainty. Things have definitely changed and things have become really challenging. It's been really hard to be faithful. And if we can just be honest, and if I can just even level with you for myself, even as a pastor, it has been hard to be faithful even in my relationship with God. 
Because we've just been so out of that routine and as Christ followers, we've been just so used to being able to go to church and get that weekly recharge and that refresh and that corporate worship time and have that moment and being around other believers and that small group time and those people who just really spurred us on to be better people and follow after Jesus and all of that has changed and we don't really have that anymore. But if I can just challenge you in this moment, if I can just step up to the plate and just be as bold to challenge you to stay faithful in your relationship with God, that I know things look different. I know things are hard. I know things are challenging, but be faithful. Continue to be faithful in your own relationship with God and your devotional time and spending time with Him and whatever that looks like for you, that you've got to continue to stay engaged with your faith community. If that's Treeline, to continue to stay engaged online, to continue to give, to continue to serve, to continue to show up and be the church, to invite people. This has never been an easier time in our life to invite people to church. You just simply got to share it on your Facebook Facebook feed. You just simply got to send them the YouTube link, whatever it takes to invite them to church. Continue to be faithful. Friends, you've got to keep showing up so Jesus can continue to show up in your life. So you might not know what to say. You might feel like Peter, that you're always making the wrong choice. You're always making the wrong decision. You're always doing the wrong thing, but you can just simply show up like he showed up and Jesus was able to show up in his life. Because friends, when Jesus shows up in our lives and he's not just a presence, he's that prophetic voice and he begins to speak those things, he begins to change our name and says, you're not the screw up. You're not the mistake. You're not all the things that everyone else says about you. You're not even the things that you think of yourself. We've got to show up so that Jesus can show up in our lives. Friends, don't quit on God when things get difficult. Don't walk away from your relationship with Jesus just because things get hard. See, it's not about just when you make the wrong choice or when someone hurts you or when things go horribly wrong or something just completely out of your control, just completely blindsides you on a random Tuesday. Friends, that is not the time to quit. That is the time to dig in and get faithful and do the right thing, do the consistent thing, even when things are challenging. Stay faithful. Continue to show up. I know it's not easy. It's not easy in my life, but I just want to challenge you with that. As we conclude today, I just want to leave you with three quick things on how you can get practical with this. Some things that you can do in your life right now to begin to develop this fruit of the Spirit of being faithful in your life. The first one is this. Remain faithful in your relationship with Jesus. Remain faithful in your relationship with Jesus. Friends, this is where it's all got to start with this faithfulness fruit. You've got to stay consistent in getting close to Jesus so that he can get close to you. This might look like for you getting away from social media for a little bit, shutting off the news stations, all the noise, all the distractions, and finding a few moments to spend in the Word of God. To open up that Bible app, start with just even reading the verse of the day. Finding two or three minutes to spend time with God in prayer and speaking to him finding a worship song where you can just even just rest in the moment of those worship and let those songs just soak into your heart into your soul friends you've got to continue to stay faithful in your relationship with Jesus the second one was this stay faithful with a faith community 
Now, if Tree Line's your church, I want to encourage you to stay faithful, stay connected, stay engaged, continue to show up online, continue to share with other people. If you're comfortable coming to when we meet at the park every other week, continue to do that. And if you don't have a faith community you're looking for one, we invite you to be a part of Tree Line. If you're somewhere else and you're looking for a faith community, we would love to help you find one. We want to challenge you. Stay faithful to a faith community. And the last one is this. Be faithful in the relationships that matter most. Be faithful in the relationships that matter most. Friends, you, God has called us to be faithful in our marriages as a, as a parent, as a family member, as a neighbor, that you got to be faithful to those relationships and not just be a consistent presence and showing up, but doing the right thing over and over again. Just like Jesus was a presence in Peter's life, but he was also a prophetic voice. Maybe we talked about that. That is just something that you were practicing that faithfulness and you're speaking life into that marriage. You're speaking life into that spouse. You're, you're speaking the best of that child and believing the best and speaking and declaring God's promises over their life. God's called us to be faithful, and this is a great step that we can take. Be faithful in the relationships that matter most. So I just challenge you with one of those three things. Maybe it's all three, but just maybe even just starting in your personal relationship with God. Be faithful. I know it's not easy. I know it's not challenging, but like we said, those faithfulness muscles are really flexed, not on the mountaintop, not when there's no resistance or no adversity or no challenges. That's not the true test of faithfulness. It's when we're in the valley and things seem like they can't get any worse. They're as challenging as ever. This is the true test of the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness being developed in our lives. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are faithful. God, that you will be faithful to your word and the promises that you made. God, that you will follow through with what you've said. And because you have been faithful, you've just demonstrated this for us. And Jesus, you showed faithfulness even to death on the cross, knowing that people would still choose to reject you. God, I pray that you would help us to develop faithfulness, to develop that persistence, that perseverance, that relentless faith that continues to dig in and do the right thing, even in the face of adversity. God, I thank you that you help us enable us to live by these fruits of the Spirit, to have this faithfulness developed in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, we're so thankful that you're able to join us and wherever you're at. We know things have looked so different. I just want to challenge you to continue to be faithful, continue to stay engaged, continue to connect with us. We are just so thankful for you. If there's anything we can be doing for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Send us an email, a text, give us a call, whatever it takes. We're here for you. We want to know what's going on, how we can support you, how we can be praying for you. We are so thankful for you. Even though we can't gather all together in a room together, and that day will come, and what an amazing day it'll be. But we can still be the church, still support one each other, and still be the body of Christ. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to connecting with you. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.